good morning again. Good morning. Well, I am here to share with you all today. Typically, I'm down here sharing with the little ones, so it's nice to be up here. When Pastor Angie asked me if I could share a reflection on a carol, I accepted right away. I was flattered. Um, she trusts me. Thank you. Um, and I, I thought right away, nothing came to mind right away of which carol I might like to share a reflection on, um, but I figured I had some time. Um, and so I, there's at least hundreds of carols out there, right, to choose from. And so I had some time and some things to choose from. And as I, as the weeks grew closer and closer and days grew closer, nothing was just really hitting the heart. It was not, nothing was really sitting on my heart and just something that I really felt like I should share. Um, and so I did what, you know, anybody would do in that circumstance. I went to www.google.com because um, that's what you do when you don't know what to do, right? And so I went there and I, I typed in Christmas carols. You're impressed, right? Christmas carols. Um, and I thought, you know what? No, what? You're better than that, Rachel. So I went back and I typed in favorite Christmas carols, right? And of course, it came up with all the favorite Christmas carols. Joy to the world. Oh, come all ye faithful. Lots and lots of different Christmas carols that I'm used to, that you probably know. And something about me is that I kind of like to not do what everybody expects me to do. And so I didn't, I just thought, I don't know, something else will come, something else will come. And so I kept scrolling and scrolling. And I'm nothing but a good procrastinator. And so I continued to scroll and I found a video um, as I was scrolling, and it happened to be um, a music video, and it was by an acapella group called Pentatonix. Some of you might know them. If you don't, they're, they're not your average uh, acapella group. They're a little bit different. They kind of always add different, you know, jives and beats and things like that to their songs, and they typically just redo songs, but they keep the words the same. Um, and so this happened to be Okamali Faithful. And like I said, I'm a really good procrastinator. And so I went ahead and I clicked on that. And I thought, it's not really what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But I'm going to go ahead and just watch this. And I started watching it. And I have to tell you, I was blown away. Because these people, as they were singing this song, were jiving and clapping and there was a choir and they were dancing and they had their hands above their head as they were praising God through this song. And it was a setting of a church and it was just, it's hard to explain. It was just something that was, that was in my heart that was just making it go faster. And there was something there that made me listen to the words a little bit more. And so that first part of that song is, Oh, come all ye faithful. And faithful. Right away I thought, hmm, who's the faithful that they're talking about? Surely the shepherds that we just heard about. Probably the wise men, right? Mary and Joseph. And I thought, am I the faithful? Am I coming to Bethlehem? And then the next part of the song is joyful and triumphant. And I thought, well... In this season, God has asked me many, many times to just remain faithful. There's a lot of things in my life right now that make less than zero sense. But he's asked me to just continue to remain faithful. But those words joyful and triumphant in remaining faithful don't necessarily match up for me. And so I rethought, well, maybe, maybe I'm not faithful. Maybe I'm not the faithful they're talking about. 
But then it says, behold him. Come and behold him. It's impressive. He's our king. He's the savior of the world that was promised. And I thought to myself, is that my heart as I'm remaining faithful to him? Not always. A lot of times I'm grumbling and I'm complaining. And I'm actually saying, I don't think so. You got the wrong person. That doesn't make sense. I can't do that. But we're supposed to be adoring him. Coming to Bethlehem in adoration because our Lord, our Savior, is born. He has come. And so I think about those words and I think about, am I the one who they're talking about when they say faithful? When I'm remaining faithful, am I doing it with joy and triumph and an adoration? And I wonder, are you the faithful they're talking about? Probably. Are we doing it with joyful adoration for him as we come and adore him? So as we sing this next song, let's add a little pep to our step, a little smile to our face, and sing it like we mean it, and how our hearts can come to him and behold him, because he's Christ the King. Will you sing with me? Please stand. St. Luke records that an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone, shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. The word angel translates from the Hebrew word melech as messenger. In our Christian understanding, angels are messengers of God. And I want to start by giving you a few examples. The first of all, Abraham comes from Genesis 22, 11 to 13. An angel of the Lord appeared to him from heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham answered, here I am. The angel said, do not lay your hand on that boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thickets by its horns. And Abraham went and took that ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Wow! You can imagine how relieved Abraham was when he uh, found out at very last minute, wow, that he would not have to sacrifice his son, but rather this angel brought to him a ram to be sacrificed. The next one is Genesis 16, 7, and 9, involves a 
individual by the name of Hagar. And Hagar is the uh, servant, servant girl for Abraham's wife, Sarah. The angel of the Lord found Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness, a spring on the way to Sarah. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeting from my, mit my mistress, Sarah. And the angel said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. So not only did, he, uh, did the angel find her, but he also told her, gave her direction what she should be doing. Instead of running away, she should return home and live her life out as the uh, servant of Sari. So we got, next one is Exodus 3, 2. An angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. It was an angel in that burning bush, huh? And he looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And we know that Moses, that, that, that made all the difference in his life. Up to that point, he had been a shepherd. Once he saw that burning bush, he then became an agent of God. Exodus 14, 19, 21. This is also Moses, huh? The angel of the Lord was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. Pillar of cloud moved before them and stood behind them. Of course, the other person that was behind them was the Pharaoh and his armies. And in front of them was the uh, sea, the Red Sea. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove back the sea by the strong east wind all night and made the sea land dry, and the waters were divided. So he held those waters back for the Israelites to pass over into the desert over there, and as soon as Pharaoh's armies tried to do the same thing. Oh, we all know what happened. <laughs> and then we have Joshua. Joshua was Moses' general. And you know, Moses never made it to the promised land. The person who made it to the promised land was Joshua. And the first thing he encountered when he got to the promised land was the fortress Jericho. And he lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, a man was standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, I am a commander of the army of the Lord. Now I come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you were standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And so we know that it wasn't long after that that uh, the, Lord's, uh, 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 the Lord's general led him to just walk around that Jericho, huh? 
He just had to walk. He didn't have to fight at all. Just walk around and the walls came tumbling down. This is one of my favorite. Genesis 28, 12. It's, it's Jacob's dream. He dreamt and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and it reached all the way up into heaven. And behold, the angels of the Lord were descending and ascending on it. <laughs> if you're anywhere near my age, remember Led Zeppelin did a song called Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> oh, it makes me wonder. <laughs> oh, Jacob's ladder. I would describe angels as descending creatures. And what I mean by that is that they descend from heaven and they go from heaven and they come down to serve us. We're ascending creatures if we're lucky. <laughs> we get to go from, from, from here up to heaven. And the angels are helping us do that. And doing so, they learn from us. What do I mean by that? I mean that angels are created in perfection. Just as humanity was in the Garden of Eden before the original sin. And because they are perfect in their creation, they learn what it means to be imperfect, what it means to deal with sin by serving sinful humanity. After all, they are creatures, as, is, as said in Psalm 8, verse 5, made a little lower than God and crowned with his glory and honor. The long and short of it is no matter how perfect they might be created, they are still creatures who can never attain the perfection of divinity. Only the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit share in divinity. The rest of us, we need to walk the pathway of experience. We grow in our understanding, our knowledge, and our love of God. Which brings me to Christmas, the joy of Bethlehem, where angels played a big part, huh? Told Zechariah to name his son John. Told Mary that she would conceive through the power of the Holy Spirit. Spoke to Joseph in a dream. Said, you know, you marry that girl, regardless of the fact that she's pregnant. You marry her. And he told the shepherds, who were watching over the flock of the sheep, about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. They sang in the choir to celebrate his birth. And finally, they warned Joseph of Herod's evil plot to kill the baby Jesus so that he could flee with the Holy Family into Egypt. Now, my joy of Christmas is twofold. First, 
that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity incarnated as a human being to teach us the nature of God as a heavenly father. How do we learn? Well, if we have been blessed with the experience of having a good father, it's because we were loved first that we can love. Jesus taught the heavenly father loves all his earthly children equally. And the second great joy for me in celebrating Christmas is the pathway to heaven through the cross. The cross is the everlasting symbol of service. And just as the angels find their understanding of God through service to humankind, so that we experience a full understanding of grace through our service to one another. And here, <laughs> I picked out, I looked at the Bible and I picked out what I thought was the verse that is the very epitome of service, huh? <laughs> here it is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that Whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The very epitome of service. So, what can we say about God's creation of humanity? Well, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and the wild animals, over all the creatures that move on the ground. And then Psalm 8, verses 4 to 5. What are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Humanity is God's supreme creation for this earth. Finally, I got a question here. <laughs> what would you say is the greatest message ever delivered by an angel to a human being? single most important interaction exchanged between an angel and a human being. Well, here's what I picked out. I took, the, I took, well, I took what happened on the hillside of the Mount of Olives. Record, remember? Scriptures record that Jesus was sweating blood. He had asked his apostles to be there and to pray with him. And twice he had gone back and they were sound asleep. Third time he goes back and he prays, Father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. Not my will, however, but your will be done. And we can tell from those words that Jesus was filled with anguish at the thought of suffering 
crucifixion. Scriptures records, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and strengthened him. There are other translations that say an angel touched him on the shoulder. <laughs> All Jesus needed to know was his angels were with him and they were going to be with him and he could go through it confidently. I say to you, saints of Christ, never lose sight of the ultimate victory. Jesus has dominion over all creation, all humanity. He sends his holy angels into battle yesterday, today, and tomorrow. They come to us as guardian angels and are fast to work today as they have ever been. People tell me things because I'm a pastor. In fact, after I did this sermon, few people told me things as they walked out the door. <laughs> One lady said to me, and she was, she was lying in their deathbed, and she said to me, you know, pastor, at nighttime, I see an angel at the foot of my bed. Another person told me that he saw a blazing light in the door of his hospital room the night he was cover recovering from heart surgery. Like I say, people tell me these things. Where angels serve to change the course of the destiny of their lives. Strengthen them as they strengthen Jesus. I'm going give, to give you my final thought, and this is strictly for me, not necessarily from scriptures, because, you know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and a lot of the things I have bumping around in there are not necessarily Luther. <laughs> and one of them, <laughs> and one of them, I have this image, I have this image of uh, angels with these wings on their back, strictly out of my childhood. And what I believe is that when we die or when I die, my guardian angel is going to take my soul and shroud it, shroud it in, in the wings. And that angel is going to be off, heading for the shores of paradise, land on the sea of glass, and there will be a choir of angels rejoicing and singing that, not that I made it to heaven, you know. <laughs> They're going to be rejoicing and singing that one more human being made it. And what that is going to be for them is proof of God's love for each and every person. Pray with me. And dear God, we're grateful that angels and we human beings 
are able to serve you by caring for others, that we can be part of their journey here and now, and that that is a touching toward their, toward their sanctification as they walk on the face of this earth. And we ask you to continue to bless us and bless our angels. And we offer you these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.